first off, just what went through your mind when you heard the news today about Colby? Well, you're you're so sad. I mean, you lose such a good person like Colby. Words don't even describe it. And you know, it's it's a lot of everything. He's a young man, a young family, good person, good hockey player, and and you know, just kind of out of the blue, this happens, and and so quickly, and he passes, and you know, you just you you don't quit thinking about it throughout the day. That's for sure. I guess we'll start on the ice and, and in the locker room. Can you just kind of speak on his work ethic, his game, and just what he meant to the program and all the guys in that room? Well, I remember when Caver first came to us, it was after the Eaton trade, and we brought him up for a game uh, that first year because he was the prospect in the big deal that we got that Mark and Ports felt was going to be a real good player. And, and so he came up for a game. I can remember being in the coach's room, showing him video on systems, and just the smile Caver always had, and so excited, and so scared to death all at the same time. And you know, just having a little chat with him, and he was just a young kid, and and that, uh, and then you know, from there, uh, he comes back the next year, and you know, he, he plays in a bottom six role, and. Uh, he, but he, he he's a, a kid you can move up from time to time and, and would always do really well and fill the upper six uh, as a young player. And then, uh, you know, he, he was, he was kind of a quieter guy in the room. He was always, you know, push, he'd push the train behind the leaders and, you know, every day came to work and, and worked at his game after practice and, just a positive guy in the room, like no bad days for him. Just everything was always good. And, and just, a a real great young guy to have in your room. And then, you know, he progresses into this, you know, top six player with, he gets older and his leadership and, and not a, not a loud boisterous guy, but definitely, you know, would, would talk when he needed to. And, and point the ship in the right direction and and hold guys in that room accountable and and the first guy he's going to hold accountable is himself and that's the type of guy he was and you know he'd he'd give time to to everybody and as long as you you know he as long as you were all in he he would help you with anything and as a coach he you could talk to him and he he was an intelligent guy and and a trust like the trust you could have in Caver was so great between the coaches and him and his teammates and him and that's what made him such a good leader and uh, like I say he'd 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 do anything to win and and play any role to win so uh, and you could put him anywhere you could put him on the wall you could put him up the middle and just a versatile player that could penalty kill and be a good power play guy. And do you remember the conversations between the coaching staff when it came to deciding on who the captain was going to be for that 2013-14 season? Or, or was it just such a resounding uh, idea that Colby was the man to wear the C? Well, I think when you get to that level and you've got guys that have been around four years or three years, and uh, Caver or Lowry, it just radiates out. Like, this is our leader. and. You, you don't have to convince the, the players. They know who the leader is in there. And you're together for so much and so long and when you practice and off ice and in games and in hard games that, like I say, it just radio, radiates out 
what uh, who your leadership group is going to be in. And he stood out without a doubt that he was going to lead our team. And he did it like Lyles as a young guy. To that point as well, him as a captain, what did you see with him with the younger guys? You mentioned it was more kind of quality over quantity with words when he decided to speak. How did he sort of bring up those young kids into the wings and sort of start that cyclical process of a healthy professional-like organization? Well, he he showed the young guys how you, you, be, you become a, a top-end player in the Western Hockey League as a commitment. Uh, how you carry yourself, your work ethic, day in, day out. And he was such a genuine person that, you, you know, he, he could just talk to those young guys and, and they felt comfortable. And even if it was a, a little harder conversation, they trusted him with what he would say, that, you know what, I need to do this. Because he, he, he was such a good person. And, and like I say, he wouldn't ask you to do anything he wouldn't do or wouldn't have done. So I think that trust value that he always had in people uh, because of the way he conducted himself on and off the ice is, is he had so much respect. And we do shift, like you mentioned there, off the ice. He definitely seems to have had a big presence in the community with the younger kids, just community service in general. Did you encounter much of that stuff away from the rink or what can you kind of speak to about that side? Well, I, I think for sure. I think if you went to that school, the te- our school, the teachers would say he was on time for class. He was real easy to work with and and strive to to do well, you know. And when he went into the community, you know, we it didn't matter if we came off our West Coast trip. He'd be there. He knew what had to be done, and and he'd always have a smile on his face. And he and he really like with young kids and that. He, he like I say, he was such a genuine person he he just enjoyed helping young kids or going on the ice with them and having some fun or playing keep away that kind of stuff he just he just had a that bigger than life attitude and he passed it on to the young kids and I mean obviously you were on the coaching staff but being from this community is there a bit of a sense of pride you can feel when uh, you have that sort of community leader as a part of the program and just being able to, I guess, spread that passion for the game and just selflessness in general? Yeah, you, you always want your players and your coaches to represent your community well and so that they're proud of them when they come to the rink and when they talk to other people about, you know, the Swift Current Broncos. And, you know, when you, when you know you've got a blue chipper like Caver and you can send him anywhere and you know he's going to be there, you know he's going to do the right thing and, He's, he's going to put, you know, some, some time into what he's doing, and that it, it's huge. And it, it radiates your organization of, you know, what you are. And, and that's why he was our captain. And, and he just, in those situations, you know, he, he took pride in what he did. Are there any maybe cool moments or, or stories about Colby that stand out to you from your three years with him? Probably the moment that came to me was that first time he came into the coach's room. And I think he was like 16 and he was just this young kid, you know, and the look on his face, like I say, it was, and when I was laughing, I'm just going like, relax, Gabriel, you're going to, you just go out and play. Like, you're going to be fine. And he was excited and, and that, and that just really remembers, that's my personal touch. I just remember 
having a laugh with them and, and going through it. But, you know, it just showed how, how excited he was to be playing that game. And, you know, you're excited for him. And you, you didn't know at that time what he was going to turn into for the organization. But it was a, he was a big part of the organization at that time. And, and going forward, he, you know, like playing in Boston, playing in Edmonton, you know, it still links back to him being a Bronco. You mentioned Boston and Edmonton. Is there a bit of a point of pride or just like, I guess, just genuine happiness for him when you see that first goal go in the back of the net in Boston and then finding success in a another avid hockey market like Edmonton? Did you kind of keep up with him as he went to the pros? Well, yeah, I think, you know, they, they start changing in their life like we do and they move on and then we'd, we'd touch base once in a while. But I remember hearing that he was going to play for Boston his first game and you know, watching and excited for him. And, you know, it doesn't matter which player that comes through the Broncos or Legion is. When they move on, that's the good part. You, you know, you, you get to see these kids move on and, and get into something bigger and new challenges. And, and that's exciting for them, you know. And his life for, for hockey was, was uh, an unbelievable road. And he paved and earned it himself. You know, he didn't get drafted. He but he always found a way to become a leader, became, become a good player, to fit in, to make a team. And he did it even at the National Hockey League level. I was going to say, too, his parents are salt of the earth. They were such good people. And I feel so bad for them. Uh, you know, my condolences go out to him, to his family and uh, his wife. I've never met his wife. But his, his parents were just absolute great people. He became that good person because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and that's what his family is, or his parents were like. They were just such good people. When we made the, the trade, we got him, first of all, because of the player he was, you know, and and it was nice that he, he was a Sask boy, and and that, but, uh, you know, he his, his parents you get to know over the, the, the four years, and like I say, they're just salt of the earth. They're such good people, and it, it connects. With uh, with Colby, why he was such a great person that their whole family was just wonderful, and I feel I just really feel for their family right now.